This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Joshua chapter 1. Notice what God is telling Joshua is the key to success. Now, folks, you need to realize that God is no respecter of persons. If this is God's key to success for Joshua, it's God's key to success for you and me. If that's not the case, then God's a liar because God's the one that says he's not a respecter of persons. Which means he has to make the same means of victory available for every individual or else he'd be a respecter of persons. He'd be picking one over another. Now, what we do with the means of of victory is up to us, but he has to make it available to everybody. Now, Joshua's in a pretty tough spot because Moses has just gone off the scene and Moses was the man. I mean, he's the one that went up into the mountain, brought down the tables of stone, and his face shined so much that people asked him to put a sack on his head. Think about that. Moses, your face is shining and it scares us. Would you cover that up? The presence of God was visible on his face, and it scared the people. Moses is the one that parted the Red Sea inside of everybody. He's the one that had done the miracles in Egypt before Pharaoh. He's the one that struck the rock and water came out twice. Once when he was supposed to and the second when he wasn't. He's the one that talked about God providing for them and the next morning they had manna for 40 years. And then God says, Joshua, you're going to take his place. Would you want to follow Moses? Some big shoes to fill. So Joshua is going to need some supernatural help. He's going to be effective, isn't he? Notice what God tells Joshua is the key to success. This is Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. This book of the law, that's all they had of the word of God. We've got more so we could substitute the word of God, this word of God. But that's what he's talking about. He's talking about the words that God had spoken to mankind through Moses. This book of the law or the word of God shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Notice the first thing that he says is meditating in the word is connected with what you say. A lot of Christians get freaked out when you use the word meditate because they have this picture of Eastern religion type stuff where somebody's sitting in a lotus position and humming and doing all kinds of weird things emptying their minds of whatever and that's not what meditation is according to the bible meditating in the word is defined as speaking the word of god this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth the only way something cannot depart from your mouth is if you say it again and again and again because once you say it once one time it's gone so if it doesn't depart from your mouth you got to keep saying it And that's the whole point. To meditate is to speak the word again and again and again and again and again. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Now God tells Joshua, Joshua, I know you're going to be busy, but I need you to do something. Your first and foremost job is to speak the word of God day and night. The rest of your time is yours, but speaking the word of God belongs to day and night. Obviously, he's talking about doing that along with the other things you have to do in your life. 
He's not talking about setting aside your day and your night doing nothing else but speaking the word of God. He's talking about taking the word of God with you and speaking the word of God in everything that you do and every activity that you participate in. Take the word of God with you. So many people are worried about trying to put a, a certain amount of time or spending enough time when they're alone with God. Folks, take God with you. God doesn't want you to shut up in a closet all day. He doesn't want you to live in a hermit life. He wants to go with you wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. For what end? For what purpose? That thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein. Notice Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 that we just read before, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I'll liken him unto, liken him unto a wise man that built his house on the rock. Wisdom is not just hearing the word of God. Wisdom is not just saying what the word of God says. Wisdom is hearing the word, speaking the word, and doing the word. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein. Well, what benefit is that going to bring us? Sounds like a lot of work. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Please notice it does not say, then God will make your way prosperous. Notice it says, then you shall make your way prosperous. God's not the one picking prosperity for some and, and poverty for others. Making your way prosperous or being successful in life, as another translation says, being successful is dependent on your attitude and your action toward the word of God. It's not God's will. God's not picking and picking winners and losers he's not choosing between his children you'll have good things you'll have bad things he provides the same means of success for every believer every one of his children for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous you'll make your way prosperous and notice it's dependent on the word it's all centered around the word of god then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success the Amplified Translation, I believe, says, Then thou shalt deal wisely in the affairs of life. Well, we all want that, don't we? Notice how that comes. It comes from the one thing, the only one thing, that's meant to fit and feed and nourish and strengthen your spirit. The Word of God. The, words, the Word of God is the key. The Word of God is the key. Now, notice what it says. It talks about meditating in the Word. It talks about doing the Word. Meditating in the Word of God by speaking it again and again and again to yourself and then doing the Word of God. Let me remind you of another scripture over in Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. The Holy Ghost tells us the key to life and success as well and just use it in different terms. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20. It says, My son... Attend unto my words. Attend means to put the word of God first place in your life. Put the word of God first place in your life. Put the word of God first place in your life. Now, how do you do that? I wonder if it has any similarity or has any connection to what God told Joshua. Well, if he's talking about having success, if the whole purpose of what the, the, um, uh, the writer of the Proverbs here, inspired by the Holy Ghost, is telling him as a means of success, then it has to be the same. Even if it tells us in different words or uses different terminology, it has to be talking about the same thing, doesn't it? My son, attend unto my words. 
Incline thine ear unto my sayings. In other words, hear it. Well, Jesus said that. Jesus said the man that builds his house on a rock is the man that hears and does the word. My son, attend unto my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from before your eyes. What does that mean? That means see yourself with the answer. Now, he's talking about taking the word of God with you. He's talking about seeing the promises of the word of God realized in your life. Well, how do you see those? If the word of God talks about abundance, but your checkbook says lack, how do you see yourself with the promises of God? How do you not let the word of God depart from you before your eyes? See yourself with the answer. See yourself with plenty. Why? Because the bank says we've got plenty? No, because the word says Jesus provided plenty for you. See yourself with the answer. Brother Hagin said when it came to his healing, receiving his healing, he said that was the first thing for him. He said that was the last piece of the puzzle for him. He said, I saw myself dying. I couldn't get for months. He said, I couldn't get that, that picture, that image out of my mind of me dying and being put in the ground and people throwing dirt on the top of the casket and the, seeing the seasons change over my grave. He said, I saw that day after day after day. He said, that was the last thing and the hardest thing that I had to change. He said, but finally I got to where I could see myself well. And he became healed. My son attended to my words, inclined thine ear unto my sayings. Let them, my words, not depart from before thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. How do you keep the word of God in the midst of your heart? Folks, this is exactly what God told Joshua. Let them not depart from before, uh, let my words not depart from your mouth. In other words, to keep the word of God in your heart is to speak the word of God over and over and over again. Same thing, different terminology, but same exact thing. That's how you keep the word of God in your heart. You say it again and again and again. He's talking about meditating in the word. So we've got three principles concerning the word of God. We've got from Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, we've got meditating the word. We've got be a doer of the word. From Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20, we've got give the word of God first place in your life. Now what if you do those things? What will it bring to you? What benefit will it provide? Notice in verse 22, for they, my words, are life unto those that find them. Interesting that Jesus said, every man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus said the key to life, spiritual life, eternal life, is the word of God. Proverbs 4 says the same thing. For they, my words, are life unto those that find them. Notice there's a search. There's a search. What is the search? The search is doing those three principles. Meditating by speaking the word of God to yourself again and again. Being a doer of the word. Acting on what the word says to do. And third, giving the word of God first place in your life. Now other things are important. Other things have to be attended to in your life. But you can't let them take first place. He said when you do that, they, my words, are life unto those that find them. And health to all their flesh. Now notice verse 23. Keep your heart. We found out in scripture that the heart is the spirit. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. This word issues is interesting because it literally means boundaries. In other words, your spirit sets the boundaries for what you will have in the physical realm. And your spirit is designed to be fed, nourished, and strengthened by one and only one thing, and that's the word of God. So the word of God in your heart will set the boundaries for what you'll have in life. 
assuming that you meditate in the word and do the word and give it first place, you're going to make your way prosperous and you're going to have good success. So the boundaries you set by acting on the word of God, receiving the word of God, putting it first in place in your life and meditating therein, the boundaries that you set are boundaries for success and prosperity. But you set those boundaries. God doesn't set them. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of the boundaries of life. Join us for our Christmas Eve candlelight service with Pastor Mike Webb. Christmas is a special time here at Foothill Family Church. I want to especially invite you to our Christmas Eve candlelight service. We have a chance to celebrate when Jesus came to the earth to be our Savior. Come join us this Christmas Eve. Again, that's the Christmas Eve candlelight service at 6 p.m. December 24th at Foothill Family Church. For more information, go to www.mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Folks, out in um, the fall of 1977... The, the details of some of this are fuzzy. I, I, I don't remember how some of this came about. But in the fall of 1977, somehow or another, I came across uh, a tape series by Kenneth Hagin. Now, I was just almost 22 years old at the time. And I, 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 I have no idea where they came from. I don't remember who gave them to me or who recommended them to me or whatever. The only thing I can tell you with certainty is that I didn't buy them. I couldn't have bought anything at that point in time. But somehow or another, I came across a tape series. You still get it today. It's the Mountain Moving Faith series. And I can't explain it. I can't tell you what my thinking was. It would have been the last thing in the world that I was inclined to do at that point in time in my life to listen to a taped series or a, a, a preaching tape of any type whatsoever. That's just not the thing that I did. But somehow or another, something convinced me, someone convinced me, whatever. I don't like said on the, the details. I'm real fuzzy. But for some reason, I listened to the first tape of that series, Mountain Moving Faith, and it blew me away. I'd been saved since just before I was seven years old. And I'd grown up in church all my life. I'd heard all the stuff about God sometimes says yes, sometimes he says no, sometimes he says wait. I've heard all the things about all the things that had passed away that didn't belong to us that the Bible used to talk about and used to belong to them but doesn't belong to us anymore. I'd heard everything about God's sovereign will and, and that was the reason why sometimes things worked out the way you thought they should and other times they worked out where God stole your child or whatever. I'd heard everything there was to hear about denominational preaching in Christianity. But I heard this guy with this high squeaky voice teach that faith in God's word will change your circumstances and he had scripture for it and it blew me away I listened to the first tape and it had such an impact upon me I didn't go to the second tape I listened to the first one again and folks I was at a point in time in my life where I didn't have any direction I had several opportunities several ways that I could go wasn't sure about what I was going to do but I didn't have any direction whatsoever. I didn't know. Uh, I, well, first of all, I didn't know God had a will for your life at that point in time. 
But I hadn't decided what I wanted to do or how I wanted to do it or, or whatever. I wanted good things just like everybody else wants good things. But, you know, beyond that, I didn't know. But I heard this tape and it changed my life. I heard it the first time and my thought was, this can't be right. So I listened to it again. After the second time, I thought, can this possibly be true? So I listened to it again. The third time through the tape, somehow or another, I got the idea, well, why don't I look in my Bible and see the scriptures that he's talking about? Duh. But that's where I was at. I was just a Christian. Now, I knew I owned a Bible, and it had to be somewhere. (laughs) So I went and found it, dusted it off, and started looking at the scriptures when he'd come to him. And when he'd come to him, it was a little cassette player. When he'd come to him, I'd stop the cassette and look up the scripture. It took me a long time to find where he was going with him. So I'd look up the scripture and I would read along with him, turn the tape back on and read along with him as he'd read it. And he wouldn't add anything to it. He just read it just the way that it was written. I got to thinking for a while... Maybe the second time or so through, I got to thinking, well, he must be changing those scriptures up. He must be interpreting them the way that he wants them to be. But I saw that he was reading them just the way that they were written. And most of them were Jesus speaking. And after the third time through, my life was revolutionized. Three times hearing one tape changed my life. Tell me the word of God is not powerful. Quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. That one tape, one cassette tape, listened to three times, changed my whole outlook on the world. I got to thinking, wait a minute. That means a lot of things that I've been taught in Sunday school and church aren't true. So now this fella, Brother Hagen, on tape, is showing me what's in there. And I've already been conditioned to believe it's true. So now I've got a lot of questions. How are they telling me these things that are contradicted by what I see now in the Bible that they've taught me is true? How does, it, how does this fit? I didn't have any answers, but now I wanted the second tape. And I went through those tape series for the next year and a half. I went through those tape series, that tape series, those six tapes, over and over and over and over and over again. It's a miracle of God that those tapes didn't wear out. Now, folks, you've got to realize in those days, I don't even think they had portable cassette players. At least I didn't have one. Did they even have batteries back in 1977? I'm not sure. But at any rate, I had to wait till I got home to one cassette player that you could plug into the wall to listen to those things. And I, my life started revolving around those things. Now, a 22-year-old kid, almost 22 years old, I had a lot of things going on. I had people I had to be around. I had activities to to participate in, all that kind of stuff. I was in college at the time. But now I've got a dilemma because the friends that I'm trying to spend my time with aren't having the same effect, and I'm not getting the same enjoyment out of the stuff that we were doing before. Not only that, but the times that we spent going out and drinking and doing all that kind of stuff, now that's not doing it for me anymore. And I came to the place pretty quickly. Within probably six or eight weeks, I came to the place pretty quickly where I was going to have to choose between my friends and the truth that I'd found in the Word. 
I had to say goodbye to a lot of people I thought were friends. Found out they really weren't. But I had to make a decision. I saw very quickly that there are things that will lead you toward God and toward his word and bring blessing into your life and things that will take you away from it. Now, I did like everybody else did for a couple of months. I tried to straddle the fence. And I was always dissatisfied. I always wound up doing things when I was around the wrong people that I wouldn't have done otherwise. And I'd kick myself for it afterwards. Finally, I got to the point where I just said, I forget it. If that's the way it's going to be, I'll just cut this off. So I started lopping things off one by one by one. And that was scary for me. Because I thought, here I am in college. I'm going to have to stand alone. I'm not going to have any friends. And that's exactly the way it turned out. But through a series of events, it wound up to where I went to school. And man, when I got to school, I had to hear, I heard one tape series of Brother Hagin's Mountain Moving Face series. And I went there and I became a sponge. I became a sponge. I soaked up everything that I heard. I started going to healing school. The Lord told me to go to healing school just like it was class. So that means I had to work from 11 till 7 in the morning. Get up and go, well, get up, come take a shower and uh, get to class by 8 or 8.30, whatever time class started. And then I'm going to healing school in the afternoon. And I was the happiest thing you ever saw in your life. Because I'm hearing the word in the morning, hearing the word in the afternoon. And God is dealing with me and God is teaching me and God is talking to me. You know, one of the things I found about those tape series, after I started going through and, and reading in my own Bible and seeing the... Uh, uh, the scriptures that Brother Hagen was using, somehow or another, I got the idea to read around the other the scriptures he was using to see the context of everything that was said. So I'd back up. He'd come to a scripture, and I'd stop the tape and read the whole chapter that that scripture was in. Man, God started talking to me about stuff. I didn't know God talked to you about stuff. I sure didn't know he talked to you about the Word. But, man, it started revolutionizing my life, changing everything about me. I had no idea I was being transformed by the renewing of my mind. Had no idea. Hadn't even heard that being preached yet. A lot of things that I heard later on, I realized, oh, that's what was going on. That's what was happening. God doesn't care if you know the title of something as long as you're putting the word first. Man, I became a sponge. I wanted nothing more than the word. And you got to realize I, I didn't have time for TV. I'm listening to tape series. I started working for Brother Hagen, and I started pilfering tapes. Now, I put them back. I didn't steal them. <laughs> but it was part of our job to, to uh, maintain an inventory for the crusade book tables and stuff like that. So I got a copy of everything Brother Hagen had. Man, I'd go through that stuff, listen to it again and again and again and again and again. Soak it up like a sponge. You realize how much easier it is nowadays than it used to be? Now, here we are almost 38 years later, and every part of my life has been changed by the Word of God. Every part of my life has been changed by the Word of God. Now, I can tell you individual situations and individual circumstances where I can uh, identify the change and, you know, give, a, give you a testimony or tell you a story. But the fact is, little by little, day by day, the Word of God started changing me in ways that I didn't even know at the time. All I knew is I had a hunger for the word. I wonder how many people have that same hunger and don't yield to it. 
I'm not anything special. God didn't look at me and say, well, you're going to be a pastor someday, so I'll give you something extra. That's not the way it works. Now, I expected things to change overnight. My situation was such that I was in financial trouble. Looking back at it now, it wasn't wasn't such a big deal, but it looked like the weight of the world was on my shoulders. And I thought, well, bless God, I'll use faith. Things will change overnight. I'll be a millionaire by the end of the year. You know what I found out? I found out that Israel had to live on manna before the walls of Jericho fell. So I started gaining experience using my faith for daily bread. That's not the way I wanted it to work. But in everything that I realized that I was thinking wrong about and disappointed by, I still came back to the same thing that Jesus said in John chapter 6. Does this offend you? Don't you realize who I am? I realized just because my thinking is wrong about something doesn't mean the word of God is not true. So day after day after day. I'd like to tell you that it was a daily progression. And it was, but it wasn't something I could see or feel. There were a lot of days, a lot of weeks, a lot of months went by. And I thought, man, am I ever going to overcome this? Am I ever going to get out of this? And all the time the word was working underground. On the inside, unseen. Working on the inside. Folks, I found that in every area of life, the word of God is true. What is sickness compared to the power of the word of God? What is cancer compared to the power of the word of God? Heaven and earth will pass away. That means all the cancer that's in the world will pass away, but the word of God will never fail. What a privilege to live by the word. What a privilege. I remember in uh, healing school, I'll quit with this. I'm, I'm out of time, I know. But I remember in healing school, the first time I heard Brother Hagin say this, it just shocked me. He said this. He said, you know, I'd only been to school for about a month or two. And he said this. He said, you know, I feel sorry for people that have always had it easy. I thought, man, not me. I've always wanted to be one of those people. He said, yeah, I feel sorry for people that have always had it easy. They've never learned the value of trusting God. Anybody can shout victory when things are going good. Who shouts the victory when things look bad? That's the person that's standing in faith and the person on the word. Folks, there is such a value in meditating in the Word. Now, some of the young people may sit here and listen to this and say, you know, 38 years, my gosh. 38 years? Well, it didn't take 38 years for the blessing of God to begin. But you're going to live 38 more years anyway, aren't you? Might as well use them effectively. Wouldn't it be a shame to go 38 years and say, man, I wish I'd started way back then? Whatever time you've got left, devote it to the word. Because then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. Folks, feed on the word of God. Feed on God's word. God's word will overcome any situation in your life. Maybe not overnight, but it'll work. The devil's not strong enough to keep the word of God from working. He's not strong enough. He doesn't have enough power. He wants you to think that he does, but he doesn't. He doesn't have enough power to overcome the word of God meditated on, acted on, and put first place in the life of the believer. The number one way that we develop our spirits to know the voice of God is by feeding on the Word of God. 
as we make the Word of God a part of our inner man, God is able by His Spirit to draw to our remembrance and bring to our thought life His plan and purpose for us. Thanks for watching today. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church. This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Now, likeness and image means, uh, one translation says, instead of likeness, it says sameness. In other words, God made man as close to himself as he possibly could. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.